This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to the one, the original free-for-all Friday. And we're almost there. We have the weekend to think about it. A big decision. Who do we, do you want to run the country? And you know that old saying, it's not over till it's over. Well, the same thing holds true because suddenly we see that the situation in Alberta might have an impact, maybe a big impact on the result. The beginning of the campaign saw a very interesting and significant surge for the conservative leader, Aaron O'Toole. Now, he started to lose some ground this week, but the big question everyone has is, will the state of emergency in Alberta and the admission that they handled COVID the wrong way hurt the federal party, both from people in Alberta, where it is the biggest conservative stronghold and people in the rest of the country who are wondering, hmm, can they trust Aaron O'Toole to manage the pandemic? After all, he has said it's up to the provinces. He's praised Jason Kenney in the past, and he told me that he would not enforce the Liberals' idea of having mandatory vaccination for federally regulated workers and for travelers. So there you go. I think that will be top of mind for many people. But on the other hand, a lot of people are still hopping mad that Justin Trudeau called this election in the middle of the pandemic. So those things have to be weighed, but there's always stuff. So the numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I want to know, have you already voted? A lot of people have, over 5 million people, apparently. And if not, what are you thinking about? What is important to you? Let us begin with Lynn in Mississauga. Hi, Lynn. Oh, hi there. Um, I wanted to comment about the um, uh, the federal government. He keeps uh, touting how, how well he has handled the, the COVID situation, but he didn't uh, the federal government didn't even start testing incoming airline passengers until December of 20, after Doug Ford set up a voluntary uh, testing site in frustration because most of the passengers, I mean, most of the virus did come in here through through travel. And and to me, that was ridiculous. So, and they're still coming in. Like there, I think there were 300 that came in over the summer testing positive, and they're supposed to be testing now at the at the at the boarding side of the flights. Yeah, so, and so and the airport uh, in well, I traveled on holiday, and I was not happy about the situation at the airport. It was 
crowded. Uh, the situation on the pl- planes, very crowded, no distancing. And for domestic flights, they don't measure it. Yeah, you don't, don't need a test. So, yeah, you make a very good point, Lynn. Well, and the thing was, he should have known how how the airline, you know, was was the source in many cases. His wife returned in February of 2020 from England testing positive uh, after her free uh, we uh, all-expense-paid trip to England. And and uh, she tested positive, and yet nothing was done to set up testing until December of t- 2020. Right. But a lot of people are wondering, will it be even more laissez-faire with Aaron O'Toole, who says he's praised uh, Jason Kenney, who opened things up very early, promising the best summer ever, who said he would never do a vaccine passport. Uh, and uh, Aaron O'Toole is on record saying he's not going to make it mandatory for anybody. And uh, that's that's uh, even less than what the liberals well, are doing. Well, th- those people will not travel, I would say, because, I mean, anyone who would even consider traveling without having the vaccine is... You know, I mean, there, it, it doesn't make sense because... Does I mean, a lot of this doesn't make sense, no, Lynn. No. That's, I think, one thing we can all agree on. Thanks for your call. Let us go to Lauren in East yeah. York. Hi, Lauren. Hi. I just wanted to comment about changing the names of all these vaccines. Yep. It's confusing. I wouldn't remember what AstraZeneca is or Moderna or the other one, Pfizer. Yeah. But anyway, I agree they should have a passport. You know, they're endangering people's lives. We have to know who we're sitting beside on a plane anywhere. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, I'm sorry, but I said I'd, I'd put them all on an island and they can go for themselves and fetch <laughs> themselves. I'm sorry. But. I'm, I'm not sure that's a practical solution, Lauren, but thanks for your call. I certainly get your drift. And yeah, about those name changes. So the the reasoning behind the name changes is that they didn't have a name until they got full approval the vaccines, which they had now. And the the vaccines will be marketed under those names, but there's obviously going to be a transition period and, and it's going to be very difficult, I think, in our minds to, what is it, community? And, and don't even ask me uh, the names. I'm going to have to read them, you know, another 10 times before uh, I get them straight. But that's okay, I guess. I think they're ready for that. Let us hear from Don and Don Mills. Hello, Don. Hi there, we are you? Fine, how are you? Oh, not bad. Listen, my son is an anti-vaxxer. Sorry to hear and, that. Yes, uh, but I have, he has uh, two of my grandchildren, right? So uh, I'd like to see the uh, Board of Health administer the vaccine at school so I can have the argument after. I am on uh, a call list with the school, so I, I'd imagine I'd be able to go in and sign a consent form for them to get the vaccine at school. Well, uh, they're now having, uh, so I'm assuming these kids are over 12. Uh, one is, but uh, pretty soon they're going to be doing them all, right? Well, there, it's, there's no approval yet, so yeah, well, we can assume there will be at some point. But yes, let's look forward. They're, they're doing um, 
vaccinations, like they have them at subway stations that are all kinds of places. Yes. Well, uh, I don't usually take the kids out. They usually come to our house and or I go to their house. So we, other than going to the park occasionally, no. Uh, they're a little bit old for the park nowadays. Well, that's uh, that's unfortunate. I know this whole thing has torn lots of families apart. And I certainly don't blame you for wanting to keep your grandchildren safe. And, and something that I've heard from other parents, from a colleague of mine, is that, you know, a lot of parents are thinking, you know, it's one thing, yes, the teacher should be vaccinated, but they want other parents of children who are doing in-person classes to be required to be vaccinated because otherwise, you know, what's the whole thing worth? Yes, exactly. And and uh, you made a good point. Uh, the, the spouse of an anti-vaxxer also would be able to do it too if the vaccine was given out at school. Then there's no uh, trying to sneak the kids out when nobody's looking type of thing. They just uh, get it at school and then if the school shut down or the kids are uh, mandated to be vaccinated before they can attend, that's when the argument will start and it's too late. Yeah, um, it's a very tough situation to have in your family. Thank you for sharing that with us and I, I hope it turns out okay. Yeah, I hope so too. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, let us see. Who is next? Uh, Rachel in Brampton. Hi, Rachel. Uh, thank you, Libby, for taking my call. Uh, actually, I wanted to comment about the election. Mm-hmm. I uh, voted last Sunday. Good for uh, you. Yeah, I was Brampton, and I was so impressed how well, you know, the whole thing is very smooth. I mean, I was just like how uh, everything is organized, and it's when my son's my special needs child, 19 years old, it's his first time voting. Wow. Yeah. So it was very special, right? Uh, I tried to convince him to vote something, and then he was like, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he, he made up his own mind, and that was very, like, I was so surprised. That's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah so that's what I wanted to say. Like, um, it wasn't as crazy I thought it would be. Like, you know, everybody was uh, lined up, and it's just a smooth. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. Thanks, Ray. Well, you know, I've heard different things, you know, obviously different things from different polling stations. Some people said it went very smoothly. Some people said it was not so smooth. Some places didn't have lineups. Some places had very big lineups. It depended on whether you went at the beginning of the voting period or at the end. And uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens on Monday. Apparently, 5.3 million people voted in advance. That's a lot. And on Monday, we'll see. Are there going to be lineups? Are there not going to be lineups? Uh, I'm trying to strategize what time I should vote. Um, I'm going to be doing a split shift that day, coming back to uh, offer updates on the election into our musical programming. So I'll probably vote in the afternoon because I bet there might be a rush in the morning and that would make me late for work. Don't want to do that. Okay, Uh, let us go to uh, Ted in Pickering. Hi, Ted. Good day, Libby. Um, A question for you, which you probably can't answer. You may need to ask this to your doctors. Right. 
Um, the daily reports we get on uh, hospitalizations. Yeah. We're told how many people are in the hospital, in the ICU that have been had their vaccinations, and then we're given a second number that tells us those who have not been vaccinated or the status is unknown. Right. My question is, given the fact everything's tied to your OHIP card, how can they not tell whether a person has not been double vaccinated or vaccinated? (laughs) You know what? That's a really good question. That is a really good question. Maybe it's people who don't have OHIP cards, or I, I don't know. That's a really good question. I'm wondering if you can even get into a hospital with an OHIP card. Uh, well, the, I don't think they turn sick people away, but that's an, that's another thing. Yeah, the, you need an OHIP card or a something. Yeah. Well, perhaps um, you could ask this to your doctors next time they're in. They might be able to tell us. A, that's a very good idea. I will do that. Thank you for the suggestion. Thanks, Libby. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Right, people. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We just have uh, three days, I guess. Call it three days to go before the election on Monday. And suddenly... Uh, things are changing because uh, there's a big question about whether the state of emergency in Alberta, the province with the lowest rate of vaccination, and where the leaders have admitted they made a mistake. They opened things up too soon. They promised the best summer ever, and now they have an emergency and their healthcare system is about to be swamped and they want help from Ontario. What do you think of that as well? Let us go to Bernie in Mississauga. Hi, Bernie. Hi, Libby. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Good, good. It'd be no surprise to you that I voted in the advanced poll and I voted NDP. Mm-hmm. I think in this election, with affordability in around the greater Toronto region, Mississauga and those places, the cost of living and the housing and the, the food prices and the gas prices and that, that people will really use their, their, their ballot this time to send a message to uh, our leaders in Ottawa that uh, we want them to take a real close look and try to get the cost of living down for the ordinary person. And I think that uh, people have a great opportunity this time now. It's no use crying after the election's over when things don't work out. Now's the time to act. No sunshine soldiers or farewell friends. This is very serious. Get out and vote. Okay. Uh, and and th- this brought to you by Bernie and Mississauga. Thanks for your call. Uh, we have to take a break. Let me give the numbers out before the break. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we're talking about the election that is coming on Monday. So what are you thinking about as we head towards that? Do you think the situation in Alberta will make a difference? What do you think about taking patients from Alberta if they are swamped? Or do you think we should send the military in? Are you still annoyed with Justin Trudeau for calling the election in the middle of a pandemic? That was a big factor getting to this point. And the polls still show the Liberals and the Conservatives neck and neck uh, with a a minority government one way or another. And 
until today, for the liberals anyway, was showing a minority government with fewer seats than they went to the polls with. So there is a lot to think about. Right now, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday, and we are talking about the election that is coming up on Monday. What are you going to do? What are you thinking about? Uh, The issue that is grabbing headlines today is, will the emergency situation in Alberta affect the fortunes of the Conservative Party? That they were doing really well, but will that affect it? Uh, the leadership there, Jason Kenney, uh, Dr. Dina Hinshaw, they admitted that they messed up and that they started opening up too soon and had fewer restrictions. Jason Kenney also said he would not institute a vaccine passport. He's changed his mind on that as well. And will that change the fortunes of the Conservative Party? Will it help the Liberals or will it have no impact? Let us start with Daryl in Toronto. Hi, Daryl. Hi, I hope everyone's doing well today. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to kind of explore the, the implications of, let's say, well, there's going to be a minority government, it looks like, and it's a Conservative. Mr. Singh has stated that he will basically prop up whichever party is asked to form a minority government. And I'm just curious how that could possibly work if it's the conservatives, because that puts the NDP in a difficult position. The conservatives can put out any legislation they want, and either the NDP has to prop them up or be responsible for another election in six months or less than a year. Well, that's, uh, that is uh, the thing with minority parliaments. Uh, nobody has a majority. They have to get somebody to go along with them for whatever reason. Uh, I would think that would put the conservatives in a bad position, that they'll have to take some policy directives from the NDP. But I, well, I, I, I mean, think- but that's why we're having this election now, because the liberals were in that position, too. Well, the Liberals, they thought they could get a majority. And um, if the polls are right, and I say that, if the polls are right, they cannot. So the whole thing. If it turns out, could the Liberals and NDP not form a sort of joint government, even if the Conservatives had the most seats? Um, a coalition government. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've had that I, before in Ontario. I, well, in Ontario, uh, nationally, I think we had we we had one maybe in wartime. Okay, uh, uh, yeah, a long time ago, and uh, I've never seen that in recent memory. But theoretically, I think uh, probably could. I mean that. The governor general will, it's not even necessarily who gets the most seats. It's who has the best shot at forming a government. So all of this is hypothetical till we see how things shake out. Uh, And 
also with regard to, you know, what's going on in Alberta and all that, I think a couple of weeks ago I asked you what the difference was between uh, Doug Ford and Mr. O'Toole. And I asked a lot of people that. <laughs> and, you know, we just don't know Mr. O'Toole that well, other than that he was in the Harper government as a cabinet minister there. And uh, it just seems like my point was that would we want conservatives in charge of the federal government throughout the last year and a half of this pandemic. And I think, you know, we're starting to see a bit of the difference between uh, how they would handle things or not. Okay. Uh, thanks for your call, Daryl. Right. Everyone be well. Get out and vote. Okay. Let's go to Rose in Toronto. Oh, Hi, yes. Rose. Hi, Libby. Really great show. Thank you for doing this, honestly. Oh, you're oh. very welcome. <laughs> you're well, thank you. Well, I just want to say, I'm, I'm a conservative, but uh, in light of what's happening in uh, Alberta, I am definitely not going to vote for two o two unless he comes out and says he made a mistake with the libertarianism revolving around the ma- the vaccine mandates and uh, and the passports. And I will be voting for Trudeau, and I'll have to take a shower afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for for laughing. <laughs> okay, yeah, um, I think that that kind of encapsulates some of the choices that people are being faced yes. with. Mm-hmm. And that's because. that's very interesting. Uh, and and people out there, if you're conservatives, what do you think about what Rose is saying? Are you thinking the same thing, or do you <laughs> think, oh no, that's not a good thought? But uh, Rose, thank you for uh, telling very, us about that. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you. Okay, numbers to call four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one eight six six. 744 740. We're talking about the election. We're talking about the impact of the state of emergency in Alberta and whatever else you would like to bring up. Let's go to Sita in Mississauga. Hi, Sita. Hi, Libby. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, good, good. Uh, great show. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Thank, Thank you. you um, Jason Kenny, he should resign for throwing this province backwards. People wanted leadership. And he definitely did not do this during COVID. He revoked masks mm-hmm. and re- removed restrictions too soon. And now this may put a strain in our hospitals. So we should not take patients from them, but we should definitely send help in. For example, maybe contractors to set up makeshift hospitals. Or how about those non-vaxxers, doctors and nurses to help? Oh, um, you know, um, it's a conundrum, but, you know, most people say uh, they're in trouble, they're Canadians, uh, even if they made a mistake not getting vaccinated and they're now sick, that it, it's kind of our moral duty to help them if we can. To help them if we can. And of course, the question always is, are we going to be putting, you know, everybody says... We're we're going to have it's going to be worse here in Ontario as the weather exactly. gets colder. So mm-hmm. are we going to put ourselves at risk by doing that? And how should how should they be helped? Well, should, that's what I'm, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I mean those are the questions. Should should we send people out there? Should we take their patients here because we do have ICU capacity here? Exactly. And and, and the thing is, we can help. We should help. 
but we should not help without rubbing it in their face. That's what they did. It's <laughs> so totally good. wrong because they're not helping the situation. How are we going to get past this mess, right? So that's why we should send, maybe they could put up those makeshift hospitals. Well, they have to, you know, I think even a bigger issue is who is staffing them, the the staffing, the people to do it, to deliver the care. That is the big issue. I mean, the tents, we've got tents. Doctors, doctors and nurses that we have here that are fighting against our system there to see what it's like. Hmm. Um, (laughs) Okay, Sita, thanks for your call. Anyway, thank you. Everyone stay safe. Thanks. Numbers to call, 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. People in Alberta are now asking for help. Um, I think we should give them help. What do you think? And how should we give them that help? And do you worry that by giving them that help, we may be putting our system at risk? All of that is under discussion now. And our last caller said Jason Kenney should resign. Uh, what about the chief medical officer of, of health, Dr. Dina Hinshaw? What about their minister of health? What about them? Should they be keeping their jobs? I, I guess that's up to the people of Alberta, not us, but... You know, those are important questions. Let's go to Rachel in Toronto. Hi, Rachel. Those are important Hello? questions. Uh, Rachel, you've got to turn down your... I've got it off right now. Okay, good. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. Hello? Hello, yes, you're on the Hi, air. Hon. Go ahead. Uh, yes, good Good afternoon, Libby. Um, I'm calling because I wanted to make a point uh, that... As far as I'm concerned, um, we should be more worried about Trudeau. Um, we're losing our freedoms. Uh, the true virus is threatening our country because of his lifelong infatuation with the Communist Party of China. Okay. Um, so you're, you're more worried about Trudeau. So presumably you're going to vote conservative? And uh, so I'm just very worried that uh, people uh, seem to forget about all of that. His, he's really ha- his family and himself really have quite an obsession. And I'm, I'm losing you, Rachel, so I'm going to have to uh, drop that call. I don't know if they have an obsession, but uh, here's a story that we have not discussed yet. Uh, so the United States, Great Britain and Australia have just made a defense pact. They're going to be supplying nuclear submarines to Australia, and presumably that is to keep China at bay. Canada was not in on this alliance. People are wondering, does this mean that those countries will now share less intelligence with Canada? Part of the issue is that Canada has not made a decision on whether to let Huawei, uh, the big Chinese company, in in our 5G networks. So uh, Canada is kind of out of the loop. Some people say, well, we were informed, uh, but we weren't in on the negotiations, and presumably we won't be in on what it is that they decide and they share together. So yes, there are problems with our approach to China, definitely. Bella in Oshawa. Hi, Bella. Hi, Libby. Go ahead. You're on the air. 
Well, I just want to say I'm a little upset with Trudeau because of different things for seniors. Right. He gave, if you were over 75, he gave you $500. If And next August, he's going to raise 75 and up the old, the old age pension by 10%. Mm-hmm. Not doing that for 65 and up. Mm-hmm. We're sort of left in the, you know. Um, he, he also did a says he's going to, if he gets back in, he's going to um, give 10 sick days to any federally regulated business. So, but that most businesses aren't federally regulated, the small business. Not small businesses. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't. Sorry. Yeah, he, he can't tell businesses that aren't federally regulated what to do. Yeah. And he, um, he he made the holiday for um, September thirtieth. The Aboriginal which was wonderful. I mean, I think it should have been a holiday, but our nice premier Ford said, "Oh no, Ontario doesn't get that." So again, the only ones that are going to get the holiday are federally regulated companies in in Ontario. Yep. It just seems that I mean, I've been with the company nineteen years. I, you know, a very small business. I don't get sick days. I only get the Labor Day, you know, the holidays that are legal. Stats, yeah, statutory holidays. Like you can't, you know, more workers work in small businesses than work for the government and that sort of thing. And we're the ones that are getting screwed. Yeah, well, it's just, a, I mean, to be fair, the federal government cannot make regulations for those businesses that they don't regulate. Oh, I understand. Yeah. But I think that Ford could have at least kept Win seven when, you know, Win made the two days sick days. And he threw that out the window when he got in. He also said, well, this, this September 30th isn't going to be a holiday in this. Well, province. you should, you should remember that when, uh, oh, when, I, when the province goes to the polls. Well. Okay, I mean, Bella. Thanks for that. Just- yeah. Um, on Monday, we're voting for our federal leaders. So, but then, I mean, that's part of what we're talking about is that sometimes what's happening in your backyard, whether it's provincial jurisdiction, even municipal jurisdiction, is going to influence your vote federally. And that might be what is happening now. Tom in Mississauga. Hello, Tom. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Um, I was calling on your Alberta question. And to my understanding, if Alberta was compared to U.S. states, 45 states have a lower vaccination rate per capita than Alberta as a percentage of the population. Okay. Um, So the problem isn't vaccination. It is overall management. I don't know if it's all opening up too soon, not funding the hospitals enough, not having enough, you know, capacity, all of the above. But obviously, Jason Kenney is the man at the top and his management of all of those issues, you know, is putting them in a place where the population is not happy and his poll numbers are dropping. I don't think vaccination or who is and isn't vaccinated is the core part of the problem when your hospitals are overwhelmed. It well, well, it's the problem. 
Well, it, um, it, it is because most of the people in the hospitals that are overwhelmed are unvaccinated. Yeah, and, but we're moving into a system. Yesterday in Ontario, the rate 148 people who were diagnosed with COVID, 26% of them were fully vaccinated. An additional 7% were had one dose. So vaccination may keep you from being in the ICU. I agree with that, but it's not preventing COVID. Well, that's that's right. But their problem is that their hospitals are overwhelmed and they're overwhelmed with people who are unvaccinated. And this Delta thing is very contagious. But um, uh, yeah, I, I any- agree. I'm just saying, is it capacity or is it the number of cases? It's probably a combination of both. Probably. But Alberta yeah. was cutting hospital funding prior to COVID. So... You know, that was Jason Kenney's call. It was okay. a mistake, I would assume. Yeah, I, I would say one of many. Tom, thanks for your call. Okay, uh, let us go to uh, something completely different before we go to our next break. Don and Welland. Hi, Don. Well, good afternoon, Libby. Uh, I had to renew my driver's license and health card this past summer. And uh. Due to COVID restrictions, I decided to do it online. My driver's license came back with my picture on it, but my health card arrived with no picture. Okay. I naively thought this was a mistake, so I called Service Ontario, and I was told people 80 and over who renew online do not get their picture. But had I gone into the Service Ontario office, they would have taken a picture. What? what, what said, why? They, person because I'm 80? <laughs> you don't the whole purpose a... of getting rid of the red health card was the green card better identified you. Well, d- yeah. His only response was, if I had gone into service Ontario, I would have had my picture taken. So, not happy with this answer, I called my local MPP's office and told them the story. They said they'd look into it and get back to me. Now, their answer is even better. <laughs> this is the answer they received. The majority of people 80 and over have health and mobility problems, and renewing online is easier for them. No explanation given as to why they didn't put the picture on the card. However, they further said that in the case of this person, meaning me, we will make an exception and have canceled his card and will reissue a card with his picture on it. (laughs) Now... I realize my years ahead are shorter than my years past, but boy, is it necessary to speed up my disappearance? Well, it's the, that that you know what that is. That's quite a jaw-dropping story. I mean, I was thinking, what they think people uh, over eighty uh, are not attractive enough to have their pictures taken. It's wow, <laughs> that's really something. Yeah, you know, yeah, it. it I was naive enough to think that they had simply made a mistake, but apparently not. Apparently not. Thank you for sharing that story, Don. It's really, um, it's something. (laughs) Okay. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. We've got to take another break. Let me give you the numbers before we go to break. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And Did you hear that? Uh, 
a resident of Ontario who had to renew his ID, his OHIP card online, and was told he's not getting his picture on the card because he's over 80. <laughs> it's like, I mean, all I can do is laugh. I'm not sure it's funny. Uh, we'll talk about that and more on the election and whatever you, the audience, wants to talk about when we return. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. I am going to get right to the phones. We've got Simone in Parkdale. Hello, Simone. Hi, Libby. My biggest concern in this election, one of my biggest concerns is the uh, gun crime. And it doesn't seem to be subsiding. It's getting worse and worse. You had Yorkdale where everybody was running away from bullets. You had a construction worker killed at a construction site and two others wounded. And a killing since then that was like two, two weeks ago or so. And uh, Trudeau's not, not talking about anything about that. He, I got a big card in my mailbox saying that uh, with a big assault rifle showing on it, you know, trying to scare people about saying that Dutour wants to um, uh, legalize assault weapons. But the thing is, a, a tool, when, and he's not talking enough about this, uh, he wants to um, enable the police to uh, target gangs like, such as like um, terrorist organizations and structures. And he wants to stop the guns going, you know, across the borders. And he wants youth programs for people who are, you know, uh, pretty well um, in danger of getting involved with gangs. So I, I think that's, I'm going to look for, for uh, you know, um, you're in the tour. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, everybody has issues that are important to them or most important to them. We spent a lot of the election trying to figure out what the so-called ballot question is, and that's the, the, the thing that your vote will turn on. And, uh, there were some other things that we saw running into this. So we saw at the start that Trudeau did try to make it vaccination and his, his intention of introducing mandatory vaccination where he can. That didn't work at first, but it might be working now, given what's happened in Alberta. Uh, people have been talking about affordability. And from the beginning, people are really annoyed that Trudeau called this election, as Aaron O'Toole points out, this $600 million election in the middle of a pandemic. But I guess the question is, what is going to make you mark that X or not? And that's still up in the air, I think, for a lot of people. So let's get back to the phones. We've got Barry in North York. Hi, Barry. Good afternoon. Um, I admit um, Jason Kenney really did a lot of bad things during COVID-19, number of things, but he did admit he actually apologized. Politicians don't do that too much. I'm thinking, when was the last time our wonderful prime minister apologized for all the things he did wrong? Mm -hmm. I think he apologized maybe once, but he's done an awful lot of things wrong. He very rarely apologizes, just kind of skirts around and makes excuses. Okay, so you're saying um, all is forgiven? Well, 
forgiven when all is forgiven, but he actually did have the guts to apologize. Okay, well, things that's for sure. At at the end of the day, it's going to be up to the people of Alberta to decide if they accept the apology. Is it having any impact on how you're going to vote, Barry? No, because I think we're we're doomed unless we vote Green Party because they actually have um, their title green, which means they are very serious and the only party, as far as I'm concerned serious about our environment and that is the main thing because we're in for a rough ride if we don't do something real soon but they are dead last dead last with something like three percent of the popular vote and that means we don't even know if they'll get anybody in but you know why i think is because my brother has this kind of attitude well they're not going to get in power so don't vote no they're not going to get in power or not unless it's a miracle I mean, we're not we're not crazy or green Green Party supporters, but if we do, then eventually, I mean, if everybody takes that attitude, the NDP would never have been in power, right? Um, so you got to vote your conscience, and then eventually they move up and move up, and eventually, and, and the more seats they have, the more voice they have, because we really need a strong voice. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Okay, what Barry. Happens, you know, you got 200 Thanks. millimeters of rain in, in New York City and people drowned in their basement apartments. We've got to do something about the environment now. Okay. okay, Barry. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, th- there's one of the other questions. Do you vote for the leader? Or do you vote for your local candidate? Uh, do you vote uh, your conscience or your heart? Or do you vote strategically? You can say it's either going to be a liberal or a conservative, so I'm going to do my vote to make sure that it's the party I prefer or the party I don't like less, <laughs> which is, I think, of how it is for a lot of people. Let's go to Brian and Mimico. Hi, Brian. Hi, Libby. Already voted, as usual, with the uh Advanced polls last Friday, 4.30. We walked in, back of the car in five minutes. There wow. was nobody there voting. Good for you. So that went smooth. But, you know, you look at this Australia and United Kingdom, United States deal that's going on, and you got to wonder, how seriously do other world leaders take Justin Trudeau? You know, when he became elected, they say, okay, who is this guy? Who is his son of Pierre Trudeau? Oh, uh, well, does he have a degree in anything? No. Uh, where'd he go to university? Well, he dropped out. Well, what did he do for a living? Uh, whitewater rafting instructor. And then two years before the election, he decided to run for parliament. So he went and took a drama course and talked drama in a private school for a couple of years, practice up his acting skills. And I imagine they just look at him. That's basically all he is. He's an actor playing the role of prime minister. I wish people would realize that. Well, they just don't take them seriously. Well, and China. By the way, did, did did you uh, hear that the the former president Barack Obama endorsed Trudeau? And a lot of people were annoyed because they're saying, what the heck is Barack Obama doing wading into our election? But there you go. He's a world leader. He should be poking his nose into Canada's business and. You know, that's just one left wing to another left wing, I guess. He, he liked them, and they like Canada be, to be compliant. Uh, you know, if anybody could use nuclear submarines, it would be Canada. 
to go under the Arctic Ocean. But then again, probably the Americans don't want us doing that. They want to be the only ones up there. But that's a story for another day. But you've got to realize the world does not take Justin Trudeau seriously. Well, uh, I wouldn't say the whole world, but thanks for your call, Brian. Let us go to Jim in Pickering. Hi, Jim. Hi, Libby. I just came in at the tail end. I'm out walking. I want to get my two cents worth in. Okay. And the issue for me in this election is, or in general, is let's put this country back to work. Let's get the economy moving again and put people back to work instead of paying people not to work. And Libby, I'm afraid I'm going to have to quote a former president of the United States who said, it's not what your country can do for you. You remember that, Libby? It's what you can do for your country. And I know some of these things are kind of, you take them out and dust them off, but we started, we got to start getting back to some of those basics, I think. Hmm. Okay, Jim, thanks for that. Thank you, Libby. Okay, let's go to uh, Bill in Bracebridge. Hi, Bill. Hi, Libby. You lost one of the callers with the, the climate change being thrown in and the COVID. I think I'm just going to go get drunk for the next five years till something gets me. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy yourself. <laughs> the, um, the hypocrisy, and I mean, it goes, politics is all about hypocrisy. But Trudeau looking down his nose at Kenny for opening up Alberta. Well, didn't Justin just open up Canada for his election, for a vanity election? Uh, to a certain extent, but there there were some things that he did not do. He didn't lift mask mandates, and he promised mandatory vaccination. And uh, yeah, that's uh, basically. And and to be to be fair to the people, you know, who are uh, mad at Aaron O'Toole because of what Jason Kenney is doing, Trudeau also said, "Hey, it's not my job to tell provincial premiers what to do." Well, you know, I find the whole thing very confusing because I look at Israel, mm-hmm. and I think they're on their third and fourth shots. And if I'm not mistaken, their rates are soaring over there. Well, so here's the thing on their rates. Uh, yes, is spiking, but their hospitalization rates are very low. So the vaccines work. Also, I was just talking to somebody about this, and everybody basically in Israel got Pfizer. Don't ask me what it's called now. Uh, but uh, what they have found based on that vaccine, because they have a lot more data than we do, they say that it wears off after six months. And that's why they're giving people of all ages booster shots. The other thing they say is that they don't think they'll need many booster shots, just maybe just once. Uh, so whether that, that that's the story, but the, the other part of it is, yes, they have a big spike in cases, but, but their ICUs are not swamped. There's so many ifs in this. And it seems like if Kenny made a mistake, you can't tell me Trudeau didn't make a mistake. Remember, closing the borders was racist, and then he went and he did it? Well, I'm, I'm not telling you that. No. <clears throat> so, I mean, I'm, I am assuming that for you, uh, this is not going to have any impact on your vote? I'm voting strategically. I'm going to vote exactly for the opposite party that I want, <laughs> because where I live, I want to get rid of the candidate that we've got. So... Um, that's so. What are you? You're somewhere in East Toronto, right? 
Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not actually up north today, but I mean, he's totally my liberal candidate, uh, which is useless. Uh, the only one that's going to the NDP. Uh, I'm a, Uh-oh, I'm losing you, Bill. I'm a conservative voter, but I'm going to vote NDP and a liberal candidate. Okay. the NDP's got a real chance to throw him out. Okay, so I'm going to repeat that because, Bill, I'm, I'm afraid we're losing you on your phone, so uh, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for your call. But, uh, Bill, basically, this is an example of strategic voting. I mean, he calls in a lot. He's conservative, for sure, but he says he's going to vote NDP, the other end of the spectrum, to get rid of the liberal uh, candidate. So there you go. Those are the kinds of calculations and decisions that people are making. You know, uh, let's take one from Judy in Oakville. Hello, Judy. Hi. I just wanted to say that, um, yeah, there are many issues that are important. I wish the conservatives would drop the uh, uh this business about calling the election. I mean, yeah, it wasn't the greatest thing to do, but it happened. So let's move on with who are you going to elect to be the best representative, you know? And um, for me, um, the pandemic is the biggest thing, biggest factor, um, because I think everything falls out after that. And, um, I think that Trudeau has shown that he will have your back um, to help get us out of this pandemic. I don't have the same confidence in Mr. O'Toole because he liked Jason Kenney and what he did, and he won't do mandates. And I'm tired of being held hostage by anti-vaxxers and, you know, these people that really holding us all up. Yeah, a lot of, um, I have to say that a a lot of people feel the same way. Judy, we are out of time. Thank you very much for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right. And by the time I'm back in this chair on Monday, the election will be underway and the die will be cast. And as I said, I will be staying late to give some election updates in the midst of our music programming. Uh, The bottom line, though, is we don't even know if we will have a result the same night. It could take a couple of days. Uh, who knows? And uh, things could turn this weekend. People can be suddenly reconsidering things. Uh, I just have a feeling that maybe some things are in flux now. Anyway, please get out and vote. And that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for this week. We'll talk again on Monday. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.